1: fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com
0: hello and welcome to this break from normal film trap tradition we looked at what was out of the cinema we were like nah we're like rubbish nothing interesting nothing interesting i mean i've
2: heard that Capernaum is pretty good looks bleak but it looks bleak bleak yeah and it, these are trying times, aren't they? They're, exactly. they're stress. It's a stressful period. I don't need any more trouble in my life.
0: So on this episode, we're going to try something new. We're going to do a retrospective review of three insect-based animation films, namely Ants, A Bug's Life, and uh, the, the classic, best, the best movie of the three, A Bee Movie. The reason for this is that over the course of Film Jet's history, I think we've taken a more political view of movies. Uh, like I don't know, I've been radicalized.
2: Uh, yeah. You've, you've, be, you've become a dangerous uh, militant radical. I've
0: become a momentum thug. And, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I tend to view movies through a lens I didn't used to before. And when I go back and watch movies I watched as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. The politics are sometimes suspect. And this is especially true of insect-based animations because the whole kids thing of basically giving any object or creature sentient human characteristics... Is more so in the insect movies because they have to deal with the society. So they have to take a view. And often these movies are about society changing. And so we thought it'd be fun to examine these movies with incisive intellectual rigor.
2: Yeah, it's, like, it's interesting because the, the, basically the subject matter of anything that depicts um, the operation of a whole society is inherently political. But these aren't really films that have a political purpose. No. they just want to tell nice stories for kids so i think it's it's a it's a in contrast in a way with something like zootopia more recently which definitely has a strong kind of political message that's quite explicit and where the politics of it is you know was kind of intrinsic to the whole concept and making of the movie whereas in these films any kind of uh, political values that come out of it are basically sort of accidental or like you know side effect of, of their desire to just like uh, make a fun like kids film yeah but it's just it's just unavoidable when you depict social realities and also like they all depict economic structures as well because yes. that's that's something that you also cannot get away from uh with like insect <laughs> like insect worlds
0: exactly so welcome to the first episode of childhood cancelled <laughs> what's the working title because it was released first we we're going in release order and it narrowly beat Bugs Life to the box office even though for a while they were competing and there's a whole Wikipedia article if you want to really get into it about whether DreamWorks ripped off Pixar who knows anyway the plot involves uh, an ant colony and centres on Z voiced by Woody Allen he is an erotic and pessimistic worker ant who longs to express himself but finds the social order of the colony where at birth you're either assigned to be a worker or a soldier very stifling Meanwhile, Bala, the princess of the colony, visits a bar to escape her suffocating royal life and she meets Z, and he falls in love with her. The ant colony then declares war on the encroaching termite colony and a large force of soldier ants is mobilised for an attack. To see Bala again, Z exchanges places with his soldier friend Weaver and joins the army, where he prevents Barbatus, a staff sergeant voiced by Danny Glover in her explicit sort of black Vietnam vet reference. Z, however, is unaware that the army's leader and Bala's fiancé, General Mandible, is secretly sending the soldiers loyal to the Queen Ant to die so he can stage a coup. And in the ensuing battle the Termites, only Z survives. And before Barbados dies, he tells Z to think for himself. Don't make my mistake,
1: kid.
0: Don't follow orders your whole life.
1: Think for yourself.
0: So Z then returns home and is hailed as a war hero, Secretly irate, Mandible congratulates him and introduces him to the Queen, where Bala is there and she recognizes him as the guy she danced with at the bar. Z panics and pretends to take Bala hostage, causing him and Bala to fall out of the anthill via a garbage chute. Z then decides to search for Insectopia, a legendary insect paradise told to him by a raving drunk ant bar, and Bala progressively goes along with him because she's afraid of the outside world. News of Z's escape spreads throughout the colony, and his act of individuality inspires the workers, Ants, and some of the soldiers to halt uh, what they're doing and to start questioning society.
3: People, what is this, an encounter group? Let's get back to work.
0: Why? To gain control, Mandible publicly portrays Z as a self-centered war criminal and promises the Ants a better life when they complete a mega tunnel, which they're all working on. However, Colonel Cutter, Mandible's second in command, becomes concerned with the general's actions. After various misadventures, Z and Bala find a Sictopia, which is a human waste bin overfilled with decaying food, and Bala begins to crush on Z. Uh, that night, Cutter finds Bala and takes her forcibly back to the colony. Z pursues them, he rescues Bala, and after freeing her she tells him that Mandible's mega tunnel is in fact just an insane eugenics plan where he plans to tunnel through to a nearby puddle and thus drown all the worker ants. Uh, They try and stop this plan, but they don't arrive in time, and the worker ants are trapped in the center of the colony as the water slowly rises. To escape, Z organizes them to construct a huge ant ladder, and they get to the surface where the soldier ants are lined up. He breaks through,
3: hell is that? I think that's the weak element, sir. Give me a, give me a hand. Z, you, let go. Don't you understand? It's for the good of the colony.
2: Well, what are you saying? We are the colony.
0: Cutter revolts against Mandible. Mandible tries to kill Cutter by pushing him back into the colony, but Z pushes him out of the way. Both of them fall. Z lands in the water, but Mandible hits a root and dies. Cutter rescues. <laughs> Classic end to a villain. Just hit a route, don't you? It just happens. Cutter rescues Z and he's held a hero and in the sort of closing epilogue, Z has married Bala and he says they rebuilt the colony and he's basically ended up where he started, but this time he chose it. What does it mean politically <laughs> though?
2: Well, I think like first thing to note about Ants is that it's got a very self-consciously kind of more sort of adult-oriented script than A Bug's Life does. So, I mean, it's hard not to compare these two directly because they both came out in the same year, like, only a month apart. And because Ants is kind of a send-up of a Woody Allen-type character, it's sort of filled with these touches which are kind of for the grown-ups. Yeah. And so that makes the movie seem more explicitly political because it's full of references to real-life politics. The uh, reference to the attack on the termite colony being a preemptive strike is clearly some kind of reference to, like, uh u.s foreign policy it seems to be a kind of criticism of that um and like pointless uh, u.s wars i mean if if it was if it had been made a bit later it would definitely seem like a comment on the iraq war in 2003 but maybe it's like a comment on the first gulf war and when there's this kind of brief like workers revolution moment there's like an ant who says something like the workers control the means of production
3: you're telling me i don't have to be here we got a choice the authorities don't want you to know about
1: it but we don't have to work on the tunnel anymore it's the workers who control the means of production z don't dig i don't dig
2: you know so uh, it's full of it's full of all this stuff which like gives it this sort of political bent superficially but i don't think it has a particularly coherent political message mainly because the essential status quo of ant society is not particularly disturbed by the events of the movie. And it's much more a a kind of story about one person attempting to express their individuality.
0: Yeah, when I first... Well, rewatching it kind of shows my opinion on it, but at the beginning of the movie, there's a sort of sequence where all the ant workers form a giant wrecking ball in a very, like, overt metaphor that he is literally A a tool of the state. And he, like has open contempt for just like working to this state, which doesn't really reflect the needs of the people. Yeah. And then at the end they build another structure, which is a big ladder where everyone is working to a collective good, which is not dying. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So like the, they are working for each other. And then the, the general manable's plan of killing what he deems to be the weaker ants for a stronger colony was a critique of the society as a whole, where if you have a society where you think these people are more important than these people the end result of that is kind of eugenics like where certain life ceases have value because of whatever bizarre well
2: it's, he's a kind of like social darwinist isn't he really yeah exactly yeah
0: but they they defeat his plan through socialism I've, i kind of read that
2: well yeah through through a kind of uh collective effort yeah i guess but i but i think like it doesn't really, I, d- I wouldn't describe it as a really um, kind of socialist message because the sort of opposition of it is not so much as between like a capitalist system and a socialist kind of uh, emancipatory moment, but it's more like a totalitarian Soviet style dictatorship, which is resisted by an act of individuality. And the key thing that you would expect to see in a socialist revolution is a upheaval of the economic order and a replacement of one system with another one, whereas what we see in Ants is more like the deposition of an evil general and then things returning to normal, yeah. which pretty much explicitly like, is how the film ends and like all of the concerns that Z had at the beginning about his life are really ameliorated by his personal self-advancement rather than by a social change which puts him in a better situation. Everyone's either a worker or a soldier still, but now he's married to a princess and he's just like, I guess he feels like, he, like he's accomplished something by his actions, so he probably just feels more sort of uh, less neurotic now. I guess you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they ever make an ants too, we'll find out if he's still miserable about uh, being a worker. But um, uh, but yeah. So so I didn't I didn't for the, for that reason I I, I questioned how uh, how socialist the kind of moment of working together is at the end. I mean, also because the the revolution that precedes it is kind of a bit of a joke that's like blown off by one speech rim mandible so there's not really a suggestion that the workers have developed a sort of consciousness that yeah. enables them to overthrow their masters they just sort of act together in a moment of self-preservation which is nice to see but i don't think represents that sort of revolution
0: yeah uh one bit i did enjoy which i thought was like an overtly good bit of a social commentary is on their journey to insectopia they come across like a picnic and meet these two sort of posh wasps
3: Darling, they're poor, they're dirty, they're smelly. We have to help them. If you'll just wait right here, we'll get you
0: a little something.
3: Oh, please, Muffy, not another crusade. Chippy, we have a social obligation to the less fortunate. I know you laugh at my hobbies, but this is important to me. Mm, You have such a big heart.
2: Kind of like mockery of like Victorian charity or whatever. Yeah, exactly. In that, philanthropists—they're
0: like, like rich and they view them with absolute contempt, but they're like full of pity and like, "Oh, you poor little things." Yeah, and they yeah. think they're so uh, nice, but they're just—they're part of the system, man. They're snobs. They're snobs. Yeah, I did enjoy that bit. That was funny. And, and she, well. you know, one of the wasps die. Yeah, she deserved that for her attitude towards <laughs> the low class, her
2: patronizing attitude towards the working class.
0: But would you say that? The message of the movie is basically to think for yourself. The revolt kind of comes about because people just start to question things, and Z is like constantly questioning the social order.
2: I think, I think, which like, maybe
0: makes the ending all the more disappointing because that's uh, just the same.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, I think, I think that that's, that's that's sort of precisely the limitation of that kind of think for yourself moral. I think it's a it's a confusion that uh, that is quite fundamental, really, because thinking for yourself is not going to affect the rest of the world it's just about like you yourself finding a more kind of fulfilling personal attitude and I think the movie is much more comfortable with that sort of thing but because it's depicting an entire society and these changes that affect you know the millions of ants in the colony it kind of then has to address what would happen if like everybody started thinking for themselves but then it doesn't follow through on that because it's just that's too big of a problem basically (laughs) to deal with so it just kind of like doesn't doesn't address it whatsoever i mean this movie is made in the late 90s when like it was a, at a very low ebb for like left-wing politics yeah <laughs> and
0: um it been fixed by then right it was fixed politics
2: <laughs> was fixed well that, that was the end of history and yeah. all the problems had been solved you know i mean and, and then the central kind of political Fans contrast get get <laughs> <laughs> that existed was between sort of western democratic society which is like the good society and then the kind of uh, Soviet grey world, which is, you know, the communist dictatorship. This is like the bad society. And the, the movie cannot really, like, grapple with, like, a kind of violent overthrow that transforms one form of society into another one because that's, like, a method of political change that it's, you know, is sort of too radical to basically be addressed. It's, it's, it's only really that the personal transformation of, of yourself is the only thing that it can really deal with. Yeah.
0: Do you think of Ernst just, like, the last five minutes show like a really cool society it would it, it's just like the last two minutes <laughs> just let it down
2: yeah show, shows them like uh electing their representatives or just something like, some like that and wakanda
0: you know like <laughs> yeah With with like a democratic uh election process well they basically and they the, they. All the ants are painting and like doing art and uh, re- re- writing books
2: yeah they're all expressing themselves and they've all got weekends now yeah, and like stuff an they commune. got yeah they got labor rights and uh you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's exactly what What it should have done. It should have shown them all basically going off, carting the garbage can into the hive yeah. and then living high on the hog while they you know, enjoy a life of leisure and, and uh, implement a, a perfect post-work um, society. My favorite film stars Bridget Bardot. She's the queen, but she wants to be in radio. So she starts a podcast with her friends and the terrorists try to stop her, but she beats them in the end. A bug's life. What can I say about a bug's life? <laughs> what can one say? What can one say about what happens in the plot?
0: So a bug's life. So Ant Island is a colony of ants led by the queen and her daughter, Princess Atta. And every season they are forced to give food to a gang of marauding grasshoppers led by the imaginatively named Hopper. He's a grasshopper called Hopper. He hops. He hops. Voiced by Kevin Spacey. No animation is complete without some sort of disgraced actor who was big in the 90s. <laughs> Uh, One day, uh, the hero Flick, an individualist and would-be inventor, inadvertently knocks the offering into a stream with his latest invention, a grain harvesting device. In retaliation, Hopper demands twice as much food as compensation by the end of summer, when Flick suggests in earnest that they seek help from other stronger bugs. The other ants uh, seize an opportunity to remove him and send him off on his quest, even though they think it's bullshit. At the Bug City, which is just a heap of trash under a trailer, Flick mistakes a troop of circus bugs for warriors, And in return, the Bugs think he is a talent agent and accept his offer to travel back with him to Ant Island. During the welcome ceremony upon their arrival, the Circus Bugs and Flick both discover their mutual misunderstandings. But eventually the Circus Bugs decide to stay and continue the ruse of them as warriors to help Flick with his plan, which is to construct a false bird out of leaves and twigs to scare away the grasshoppers. Meanwhile, Hopper tells his gang how greatly the ants outnumber them and worries that they will eventually rebel against them unless they crack the whip and keep them subdued. The ants finish constructing the fake bird but Flick and the circus performer's deception is revealed and they are exiled and when Hopper returns to discover the mediocre offering the ants could muster, he takes over the island and demands their winter food supply and plans to assassinate the queen afterwards. Overhearing the plan, Atta's younger sister Dot goes after Flick and the circus bugs and they decide to return to save the ants. The circus bugs trying to distract the grasshoppers, doing some of their circusing. That's what their they're circus bugs what they do. And Flick deploys the bird, but it is not successful. Hopper beats Flick in retaliation, saying that the ants are humble and lowly lifeforms who live to serve the grasshoppers. However, Flick responds that Hopper actually fears the colony because he's always known that the ants are in fact stronger. This inspires the ants to basically overthrow the grasshoppers and kick them off the island. And in the epilogue scene inventions have been embraced by the colony, and basically everything is great.
2: Delightful. Delightful.
0: So yeah, much clearer the have and have-nots sort of uh, message yeah. to it.
2: It's quite a nice parable of uh, class struggle.
0: They're literally the one percent.
2: They're literally the one percent. There's
0: a bit where he says that number is a hundred one. They are the many. We are the few. <laughs> You let one
3: ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a 100 to 1. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. Almost all of the wealth and much of the income is going to the top 1%. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, it's a story about owners and producers, the... Workers get all the food, and they're not allowed to keep it. It's just uh, taken from them by the grasshoppers. And they learn that they don't need the owners. The workers can simply share the produce that they make amongst themselves. And they outnumber the sort of bourgeois grasshoppers, and they just kick them out. And I think it's like, politically speaking, it's pretty strong.
0: I would say this, though, to play Deva's avocado. Go ahead. It's implied that there's tons and tons of grain and they can basically collect enough grain for themselves and the grasshoppers. And if they didn't have the grasshoppers, they'd have to, like, work an hour a day or something, you know, it's just because it doesn't take that much time. Yeah. It's just the extra burden of the grasshoppers. But because there are grasshoppers, it causes Flick to come up with this brilliant grain-collecting invention. <laughs>
3: What are you doing? Oh, oh, this! This is my new idea for harvesting grain. No more picking individual kernels. You can just cut down the entire stock. Flick, we don't have
1: time for this. Exactly! We never have time to collect food for ourselves because we spend all summer harvesting for
3: the offering. But my invention will speed up production.
0: So the free market, Sam.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Rigorous. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, there's no currency or market or... I'm just saying, if the
0: grasshoppers like, went around, would have invented that brilliant grain-collecting thing for which, for some reason, the also, society rejects, even though it's clearly incredibly efficient?
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. The pressures of uh, society drove innovation for Flick. Although I would say that the way he's depicted in the movie suggests that it's just the outcome of his own kind of character rather than the result of, like, the necessity of having to find a way to do it more efficiently.
0: Well, the society, as it's portrayed at the beginning, so they're basically kind of like Amish or something, right? They just sort of reject... They have like are the well, very they're very conservative, ways. yeah. Um,
2: they're also kind of like idiots. I mean, there's the there's the moment at the beginning where like there's an ant who just can't get around a leaf. Yeah, he just doesn't know what to do with like a leaf in the way. So they're kind of dumb. I think it's another it's something that Bugs Life shares with ants as well, which I think is a sort of trap that a, a film of this nature finds it easy to fall into, which is like a depiction of the people of like a group in society easily slides into you know the people are actually they're all kind of dumb yeah and that your hero is distinguished from them because he can think for himself and he's smart and everyone else is just they're actually quite happy i think this is a problem that ants has actually not to like backtrack too much but like z's dissatisfaction with the oppressive society in which he lives is the outcome of his own personal neurosis and it's not the outcome of like actually oppressive conditions yeah yeah it's very true and like everyone else is kind of very fine with it weaver is very happy being a soldier and he's even happier being a worker (laughs) uh and you know azteca seems to be also perfectly fine and when there's like a scene in the bar where they all do a dance they're kind of line dancing and z is like does an individual different dance because he's a you know, free thinker, but they're kind of cool. Like they they don't, no one else seems really upset. So as a depiction of oppression, it's not especially successful. And in a bug's life, the oppression is of a very different character, but I still think it has this view of like, just the mass of people as basically not very interesting. You know, it takes one person who's got something different and unique to actually be of interest and of value whereas like most people are just kind of dumb they just like go about their stupid lives they don't question anything and they're not really worth thinking about you know i think that's the kind of there's a bit of an underlying attitude of like mistrust of what people will do if you actually let them yeah yeah. so i mean mechanisms which are too democratic can be a bit concerning because you don't know what people are going to come come up with you know so i think it's it's in some ways like often easier to depict changes like just coming from, like, the one guy who had the great idea and then everyone else was like, hey, yeah, I I got on board with that. Um,
0: The other thing, like, is that none of these movies really go into much detail about how society totally works. Because they're all, in reality, based around queens, there's, like, kind of, there's a royal council, but it's like the queen is in charge, but she's just one aunt, and she's only basically just overseeing what they have to do anyway yeah so it seems like a pretty flat power structure
2: yeah like within ant society they have yeah they have this it's obviously hierarchical because you have the, like the raw family at the top
0: but like there's, there's royal family and then there's just everybody else there's no like lords or yeah you can't accumulate wealth as an ant <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's only a title
2: yeah i think i think and also because it's like just like a biological reality that some yeah. of them are different you know the, the the she has a key kind of role to play she's also a worker in a way you know yeah exactly she she has her thing that she has to do get which to is like fucking queen, give uh, birth to a lot of ants
0: get out there and do some cleaning
2: yeah not like human monarchs yeah you don't do anything i mean she has to you know cut ribbons and uh do that speech every year but other than that you know is not contributing but yeah, but I think that's a uh, good thing about the depiction of the amoeba. It is. It, it is it is sort of relatively horizontal, basically, just because there's this clear other class, which is the grasshoppers who, who lie above them.
0: Well, I guess it's like basically the only thing wrong with society is the grasshoppers. At the end, they're gone, so it's fine.
2: So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's, like a, that's a solid story, you know? That's exactly the way that these kinds of animal fables should work. There's a problem, a problem and there's a solved. solution. And, that, and the solution teaches you a moral about the world, which in this case is don't let people take your own stuff from you. There's a collective good, everyone works for it, and everyone should share in the wealth that results. And if people just come and take the shit from you, that's unjust, and it shouldn't be allowed. I mean, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good solid moral.
3: Let this be a lesson to all you ants. Ideas are very dangerous things. You are mindless, soil-shoving losers. Put on this earth to serve us. You're wrong, Hopper. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. Ants are not meant to serve grasshoppers. I've seen these ants do great things. And year after year, they somehow manage to pick food for themselves and you. So so who is the weaker species? Ants don't serve grasshoppers. It's you who need us. We're a lot stronger than you say we are.
1: Let's get this dinner party started.
2: When Zach Graff heard something that changed his life, what he listened to? Film when
3: John Cusack made a mistake for his future wife, what did she listen to?
2: And when Michael Madsen cut kind a of guy's ear off, what was he dancing to? when Tim showed that he had enough, which record did he choose?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I will now describe the story of Bee Movie, a completely conventional and normal film. You always be able to predict what happens next. Yeah. So it's about a young honeybee named Barry B. Benson, voiced by Jerry Seinfeld who has graduated from college, is about to enter his hives workforce, uh, which is like a company called Hunnex Industries that makes all the honey, which basically everyone belongs to, um, alongside his best friend Adam, his voice Matthew Broderick. He's initially excited to join Hunnex Industries, but he is disappointed to discover that he will have his job uh, for life. And he's, you know, a bit more nonconformist than this. He runs into a bunch of pollen jocks who are the sort of muscular... Uh, alpha male bees who uh, go outside the hive and pollinate flowers. He joins them for a ride because he doesn't want to do whatever boring job he has in the hive. Out in the world, he is caught in a rainstorm and separated from the rest of the pollen jocks and ends up in on the balcony of a human called Vanessa in New York City. Uh, Vanessa's boyfriend, Ken, attempts to kill Barry, but Vanessa, who is voiced by Renee Zellweger, gently catches and rescues him and saves his life. Barry is forced by his gratitude to uh, go and thank Vanessa, thereby breaking the sacred bee law that bees are not supposed to communicate with humans. Barry and Vanessa become friends and develop a bond. that's close to romantic. And when they're on a a sort of bee-human date at the supermarket, Barry is horrified to find uh, honey being sold at the supermarket, which has been stolen from the bees, in his opinion and he tracks the honey down to its source at a place called Honey Farms, which supplies the grocery store, and discovers that bees are in kinds of uh, concentration camps in there, in sort of weird motel rooms being subdued by the use of bee smokers. And Barry is horrified by this and decides to sue the human race in order to put an end to the exploitation of bees. Barry's uh, launch of a legal challenge to all humans is uh, sort of goes ahead and attracts a lot of media attention and Barry and his bee friends uh, rock up at courts to uh, face down Leighton T. Montgomery, a kind of evil southern uh, attorney voiced by John Goodman. The first day of the trial goes quite well. On the second day, Montgomery launches a bee character assassination about how evil bees are, thus provoking Barry's friend Adam to sting him. Montgomery makes a huge deal out of being stung, thus making bees look bad, like deadly, and Adam is severely injured by the sting. Barry visits him in hospital and expresses you know, his happiness that Adam has not died. And they have a sudden realization when he notices uh, two smokers outside the window. The next day, Barry goes into the trial and uses the existence of the bee smokers as a way to get a sympathy for the bee people because of how much exploitation there is. And this ends up uh, winning the trial. As a result, humans have to return all of their honey to bees. Of course. Bees then uh, have so much honey, they don't need to make it anymore, and it puts all the bees out of a job. So they're just indolent now, and they're kind of miserable as a result, so things weren't so great. It also causes all the flowers in the world to die, except for in one place, which is a parade in Pasadena called the Tournament of Roses, and Barry, who's feeling rather guilty about his actions, decides to enlist Vanessa's help to go and fetch the uh, flowers in Pasadena and return them to New York so that all of the flowers can be repollinated. They go there they successfully steal the flowers, they put them on the plane, but while on the plane trouble breaks out when both the pilot and co-pilot knock each other out upon seeing Barry in a sort of odd turn of events and without anyone flying the plane, it's going to crash. So Barry and Vanessa have to work together to land the plane, and loads and loads of bees um, attach themselves to the plane's wings and help uh, land it. Duh. Oh, and uh, so everyone is saved. They take the flowers from the plane, repollinate uh, everything. Everything kind of goes back to normal, except now. Bee Approved honey is sold in stores, so the exploitative uh, situation from before has been improved. And Barry has become a pollen jock, and he's also a lawyer working at a law firm inside Vanessa's flower shop called Insects at Law, handling disputes between humans and animals. Beautiful. Incredible. Perfect film. lot to unpack. lot to unpack. I mean, it's a very stream-of-consciousness-style plot, uh, which, like, moves from one thing to another uh, constantly with very little regard <laughs> for coherence.
0: Yeah, I guess one angle of it is that Barry realises that bee slavery is happening and Lincoln-style...
2: <laughs> He's emancipates, emancipates the bees. Emancipates the bees.
0: Yeah. Because they're working in these bee houses. But
2: with, for some reason, dire consequences. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as we all know, the, when we stopped slavery... It, <laughs>
2: it was an economic disaster. It was an
0: economic disaster, wasn't it, really? Yeah. So, on one hand, slavery bad, good to stop it but it's got this rapacious capitalist sort of message where uh, life without any kind of work is meaningless. Is hell. Is hell. Adam, you wouldn't
3: believe how much honey was out there. Oh yeah? What's going on around here? Where is everybody? Are they out celebrating? No, they're just home. They don't know what to do.
0: They're laying out. They're sleeping in. I heard your uncle Carl was on his way to San Antonio with a cricket. At least we got our honey back. Yeah, but sometimes I think, so what if the humans liked our honey? Who wouldn't? It's the greatest thing in the world. I was excited to be a part of making it. This was my new desk. This was my new job. I wanted to do it really well. And now... Now I can't.
2: You know, the the workless society of leisure where you can do whatever you want and you're not trapped in the kind of, you know, this, like, corporate system, which is depicted at the beginning of the film as very stifling, um... you know is is then later shown to be awful and in fact that was a paradise
0: yeah it's also a case where it's well nothing is particularly clear in this film but from as much as you can deduce the sort of state and business is is exactly the same like he works for honex industries which is like a subsidiary of like the hexagon group but that seems to be also the government so everyone works for the same company and as such no wonder they get depressed because there's literally no other Society, other than work.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And there's even there's a line where because of the sort of Doctor Zeus-like world, he says, Woo-hoo! "I love this incorporating the amusement park right into our regular day." I guess that's why they say we don't need vacations. And then later in a brilliant scene between him and Kevin, he mentions that bees have a hundred percent employment rate. So you just work every day. You never get time off. Then you die. That's bad. But when you do get time off, that's even worse. (laughs) Seems to be the message.
2: Yeah, basically.
0: And then at the end, everything is returned to normal. But the only difference is they're somehow getting recompense for their honey. But given that honey is the currency, it's not entirely clear.
2: I don't... I honestly am not sure. (laughs) Like, I think it's really unclear what the role is... What exactly the role is of honey in their bee society because it's so kind of universal. I mean, even when Adam injures himself he's getting honey through an iv drip so it's like a medical thing as well like, it's like blood it's like blood it's
0: blood it's money it's hair <laughs> gel it's water it's just it's... it's just everything if you cut open a bee just honey he spills out <laughs> what it does have going for it i think which is something it doesn't really investigate but just a byproduct of how like haphazardly put together the film is is that it kind of makes the point that if the bees are fully sentient and have a sort of, you know, cable of speech and are as smart as humans, then obviously they should not have their honey taken. They should be protected by the same human rights as a human. Don't kill him! You know I'm allergic to them! This thing could kill me!
1: Why does his life have any less value than yours?
2: Why does his life have any less value than mine? Is that your statement?
1: I'm just saying all life has value. You don't know what he's capable of feeling.
0: But it gets incredibly strange at the end when he's a lawyer and he's like interviewing a cow who's like complaining about her milk being taken. It's like, so if every single animal on the planet is as small as a human, like what the hell is going on? <laughs> but It's against the cow law. It's against the cow law. The cows has gone talk. So in that way, it's quite right on. It's the same way, like, in the world of Toy Story, the toys are alive, but they're being treated badly all the time just because humans are unaware. They just think they're objects.
2: Yeah. I mean, it does work. It functions almost as a kind of parody of... Uh, or, or, like, a send-up of the, enti- the whole concept of applying human-like characteristics <laughs> to non-humans. Yeah. You know, it takes it to this absurd extreme, which basically... It feels like if there's any message... It's like, bees are not like people, and it would make no sense if they were, and this is the kind of madness, the result, if we start to posit this as a possibility.
0: So the basic, res- again, hard to deduce what Seinfeld is trying to say, but uh, he's he seems sort of like keen on the whole capitalist model. It's another but... kind of,
2: it's another story about individualism, isn't it, really? It's kind yeah. of like, I think, if so insofar as there was any message whatsoever, it's not all that different to Ants, in that it's about a guy who's you know, feels different to everyone around him and is looking for a way to express himself. And the, the, the real, the biggest change that occurs in the movie is his lot in life, from being stuck working for Hunnick's Industries in whatever boring role to getting to be a lawyer. Yeah. Whereas all of his boring friends who have no ambitions whatsoever get their dead-end jobs and, they're, and they're all happy.
0: Yeah, it's not clear if there was any lawyers before this court case. There was no cause for a B lawyer. No. he's Even though there's many B-laws.
2: Well, he's created a job and then filled it. You know, he's he's created his own niche. I job mean, creator. That, he's a job creator. Yeah, exactly.
0: So Seinfeld's perfect world is one where people just get paid for their labor?
2: Yeah, he seems to be... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just... Yeah, he likes being rich. Is
0: you know? B-movie basically just like Seinfeld discovering that Pirate Bay exists? <laughs> oh, my DVD's a big song! <laughs> and then he takes Pirate Bay to court and gets yeah. them to take down their torrents. But then well, the, society yeah. crumbles because nobody can afford to watch his seminal 90s sitcom. <laughs> that, so he's forced. <laughs>
2: well, that's the, that's the other thing that's messed up about the movie is that it presents a, a, a property rights issue as a kind of like human rights issue yeah. or, or B rights. I mean, his central complaint is property rights, but yeah. that's clearly not as the bad slavery as... Slavery is
0: the secondary too.
2: It's just that is just the narrative that he uses to, to get the property. Yes. rather than being the central actual bad thing
0: that's his like eureka moments like oh that's the way to win them over yeah ex- slavery bad yeah ex-
2: exactly rather than like that having been what horrified him in the first place
3: members of the jury look at what has happened to bees who have never been asked smoking or non. is this what nature intended for us to be forcibly addicted to these smoke machines in man-made wooden slat work camps, living out our lives as honey slaves to the white man.
2: So, I don't know. There's a gaping moral void at the heart of B Movie. It's just a complete, a complete mess.
0: If we could combine the funny humor of Ants with the royal message of Bugs Life and the incredible vocal performance of B Movie that my friend <laughs> yeah would be a film for the ages just
2: starring seinfeld seinfeld with a B movie the only one with a non-problematic cast exactly yeah um yeah i would say like you know if i was summarizing what we've learned from this discussion i think that the more sort of straightforward and fable-like um uh, tale that's told in a bug's life Uh, is the most kind of successful way to do this because it does not really attempt to construct an entire social reality in the way that um, Ants does sort of gesture towards and uh, B Movie does as well. And it just um, instead presents a single social dynamic and injustice and, uh, you know, a, a mechanism for resolving it and leading to a better society. And I think that's, you know, quite an effective way to tackle this. Whereas ants and b-movie are both films with as far as you can discern a message something about individualism and free expression but in also a context which depicts the operation of a whole society and i think that creates a sort of confusion that the movies do not successfully resolve so i think that's you know that if i was making a film about a society of animals who act like humans you know i would think i would go more down the bug's life route what do you reckon
0: um yeah but i think it needs to be more radical
2: but more radical <laughs> they need to kill the queen as well <laughs> yeah yeah, so yeah
0: they need to get rid of any kind of monarchy yeah the power structure needs to be completely flat by the end it's like no one put you in charge we're having elections from now on
2: they need to institute some uh, uh radical democracy yeah exactly that is that is part of a problem yeah
3: Ooh, time for a break from all the film chat have a cup of tea maybe maybe
2: now I, can tell a I hope that this uh, departure from the regular kind of format has been welcome. I don't know, it's a bit of an experiment for us. So, uh, you know, who knows if it worked or not? Who knows? But maybe we'll try it again. I mean, after 180 plus episodes, sometimes you've got to shake things up a little bit. It's
0: like a marriage going stale, you know? Sometimes you've got to just buy some edible chocolate and <coughs> pretend to be a sailor on leave or whatever people do in <laughs> marriages.
2: yeah we've got that 188 episode itch that needs to be scratched that needs to be scratched um all right so we'll be back on uh bullshit the normal bullshit next week i think yeah i'm sure some stuff will have come out by then that we'll rebel about.
0: wilson rom-com netflix movie can't wait to get
2: can't wait to get my teeth into that one i think of, yeah absolutely what does that say about society yeah, and I wanted to I wanted, you know, uh spend a good 15 or 20 minutes talking about the Umbrella Academy which I watched.
0: Yeah, is that good? Yeah, I thought
2: it was pretty good. <laughs> I kind cool. of enjoyed it. It's got like a kind of chimp butler character, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. Nice. Um all right, friends. Thank you for tuning in listening us to listening to us talking at length about insects, animated insects and their lives. And we'll see you next time. Bitly. Bye.
3: We heard from many sources when the movie started rolling out that audiences were applauding at the end. And uh, it came from a few different sources of people that were going to theaters and uh, that was for me the most satisfying and I think will always be the most satisfying thing. It's not how many people went or who went or reviews and things like that, just that the people that went had a good time and and that was really the only object.